Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Business Consulting. Each week we chat with amazing guest experts all aimed at helping you grow your VA business. So sit back, grab a cuppa and tune in for a fun-filled episode. Welcome listeners to episode number, oh, I've got the wrong spreadsheet open. Joe, you'll be very pleased to know I've finished my course and my PowerPoint course. And so that's the spreadsheet that I had open. So we are today at episode number 48. Wow. That is incredible. And yeah, I'm just realized I've got a few things wrong way around in my spreadsheet. So I'm just, oh dear, no, no, no. I'm going to re- visit that afterwards anyway so yeah so epic welcome listeners once again to episode number 48 isn't that spectacular yes it, it's it's quite incredible how many I don't think when you and I first had this conversation we thought you know 48 episodes down the road did we no well I'm, I'm very keen to get to 52 obviously yeah and so that we get to have um you know a full year and I'd yeah. like to carry on I don't know about you I would yeah like it's to carry great on. So listeners if you've got anybody that you would like us to interview or if you'd like to be interviewed yourself do get in touch because we really 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 want to keep doing these and uh yeah I've got a few more people up my sleeve but you know the more the merrier as they say yeah so, Joe, what's been going on in Joe's world lately? Joe's world. Um, hooray. I have got my booking for my COVID jab. Yes, that's all good. Even more exciting, I've got a hairdresser's appointment booked <laughs> because wow. I, I am starting to look like a shaggy dog. Um, and my kids go back to school on Monday. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Will you know what to do? <laughs> uh, gosh, the excitement of having an empty house. Silence. Is your, hus- is, is your husband going back to work as well? Uh, well, it, uh, he will still work from home a couple of days a week um, for the foreseeable future. But to be quite honest, he's not quite as difficult as two 13-year-olds who just, you know, every so often it's, just feed me, feed me, feed me. Um, and, you know, I think like a lot of children, it's time. Yeah. They need to be back with their friends. They need to be out on a bus somewhere and they just need to be getting on with their lives. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, here in Israel, um, listeners, we are recording this on the 9th of March. And I'm not quite sure what date it's going to go out, because if I consult my spreadsheet, I think I've got it all wrong. Um, this one, I think, is going out on the 19th of April. So by the 19th of April, when this does go out, then everything in most places with a fair wind should be back to some semblance of normality. Mm. But here, our third phase of reopening happened on Sunday. So now we have um, most things. So I actually, yesterday, I went shopping. I went to a shopping <gasps> mall. 
and I bought some makeup, very exciting stuff that I couldn't do before. Gosh. And uh, so that was quite nice. And I did some food shopping and some other bits and pieces, got some books to read, which was nice. And then, la and then on, but before that, on Sunday evening, we actually went out for dinner with friends because the restaurants are open. But it's all under the green, what they call the green passport scheme. So the idea is if you've got had your both your vaccinations here, you're entitled to download a special certificate from the health ministry. You can only download it from the health ministry and it's a green certificate and it's got a special QR code on it and your identity number and you can eat inside a restaurant if you have one of these if you don't have one of these then you can eat outside so it's not quite warm enough to eat outside in the evening yet here although in a few weeks it will be um, but right now it isn't but we went out and had lunch out today and sat in the sunshine and sounds it, lovely we had pizza and it was just delightful it was an hour out and I haven't done that for in the middle of the day it's a different thing to take an yes, hour out in the middle of the is. day it was just fabulous so that's what I've been up to uh, aside from that by the time this goes out it'll be rather old news yeah my perfect powerpoint creation course went live about 10 o'clock last night so Ooh. it's very exciting and uh, I'm currently, um, we, we have a, a saying in my trainer community that um, when we're creating things, sometimes done is better than perfect. Yeah. You, if you're a, too much of a perfectionist, you never release anything to the light of day because you're always tweaking it. Yes. So I had to decide to stop tweaking it mm. uh, and get it out there. But no, I've I've got some tweak proper tweaking to do because um, not all the videos yet have captions and transcripts. And uh, I've got about 40 of them to do. And some of the videos are quite long. So it's quite a big job because yep. every video although I use an online transcription service every video has to be checked so I have to listen back to everyone along with the text moving across the screen and mm -hmm. correct you know it's things like control and d where they don't capitalize the c yeah things like that um, or they get the spelling wrong they spell it American instead of English or, or whatever yeah so those things have to be corrected and you know I might miss the odd one or two but then I'm only mm -hmm. human and uh, so that's got to be finished but the the, the videos are there the courses are there mm -hmm. and uh, and and it's definitely um, doable six and a half hours of video tutorials Joe. wow that's massive it is. Is it that is. your biggest one so far? Yep. Yep. None of my other courses come near this. I think the most was four hours. So um, it's and the, the thing was that when I was talking to somebody this morning about process and yes, I do have a process for recording. Um, it starts with an Excel spreadsheet. It starts with a plan of what's going in. So what's the objective? unpacking the objectives and then working out how you achieve those objectives and then grouping those topics together to make sections and make it flow in a logical order yeah. um, but of course that's all very well when you start on paper effectively but spreadsheet paper yeah. say, a list start with a yeah. list but when you start the recording all of a sudden you realize oh actually I need to add that bit in for this to make sense we also need that and then mm. well as we're already here like let's just add in this extra twiddly bit yeah so there, there's there, there was a lot of adding in along the way mm. um, and the less the, the the majority of the course has been recorded for windows but I've also had to record half a dozen lessons for the mac where it's different yep 
so there's that's a bit a bit extra so um yeah but it's i'm very very pleased with it and uh listeners go and get it please. yes it sounds <laughs> exciting i should have to have a look yes yeah so that's what i've been doing i've been completely immersed um for the last couple of weeks in that me i also have um, some live teams training to deliver and some webinars I, i've got a teams webinar next week which will be the 16th of march when that goes out so that's got to be finished and the slides finished for that so busy but yeah. i'm not stopping going out for lunch <laughs> no no and it's i have to say that you know rob and i have said that once things open up here and you know even if it's a socially distanced we will take a day off work together you know and, and we will make up for the fact that we both didn't celebrate our wedding anniversary or our birthdays last year yeah. and all of those kinds of things and we will just go out and have a long sociable lunch out of the house without the kids and and that's what we are most looking forward to and it's you know it's just that time and conversation isn't it yeah yeah it's, it is it's definitely 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 a good thing I mean we don't have any kids so we do have a lot of time the two of us which is yeah but going out is different you have a different kind of it is yeah when you go out um, not the mundane stuff that you talk about <laughs> well have we got enough milk my love yeah we have those types of conversations <laughs> but you know you, you tend to have more fun conversations don't you yeah. when you go out for yeah. lunch and yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about our guest. Today we are going to be interviewing the wonderful Kelly Goss, who is a Zapier or is it Zapier expert? I'm going to ask her how you pronounce mm. it. I pronounce it Zapier, but then I realize you actually create Zaps. So maybe it is Zapier. But I'm going yeah. to ask her. Yeah. And uh, she is an expert. She's got a course on it and she speaks about it quite a lot. And I'm really looking forward to having a chat with her about automating processes. And I know that's one of the things that you like doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love these kinds of things. So, so this yeah, should be really good excited. Chat. Yeah. Really good chat. OK, so let's toddle off um, and get ready to, to welcome Kelly. Welcome back, listeners. Joe and I finished our little chit chat a minute ago, and we have been joined by the marvellous Kelly Goss. And it's lovely to see you here, Kelly. And it's the first time we've all met in person, so it's quite nice. And we were just having a bit of a chat before we started recording. So, Kelly, do you want to tell our listeners, introduce yourselves? Your, your company is Solva, isn't it? It is, yes. Solva, um, as you can see here, uh -huh. had to put some branding in there. Um, I basically help companies, small and medium-sized businesses, to simplify, connect, and automate their business processes. Oh, that sounds very, very worthwhile. So how do you do that? Um, well, generally, I start with a systems and process audit. Um, I help with app advisory, process improvement, and then the key thing for me, which is the 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 uh, the cherry on the cake, I guess, is uh, the automation part of it. Okay. And what do you use for automating things? Um, I specialize in a tool called Zapier. Ah, oh, you've answered my question. Yeah. <laughs> Joe and I were discussing before. Is it Zapier or is it Zapier? Well, I, I sorry. Read it Zapier, but you do create Zaps. So then I thought, well, maybe it's Zapier then. <laughs> Well, Zapier's tagline is actually Zapier makes you happier. Uh, so that's, the, that's the best way to remember it. 
Excellent, excellent. <laughs> so what made you get into all of this? Where, what, what, what took you down this kind of process route? Well, it's a, it's a long story of, um, I guess, everything that has happened in my career has brought me to the place that I'm in right now, as it is for most people. Um, so I guess it started because when I went to university, I actually did a degree in microbiology, which is completely different to what I'm doing now. Um, and my first uh, couple of jobs, I actually worked in um, pharmaceutical and medical device manufacturing. Uh, so big corporate world. And I was a microbiologist, but then eventually went into um, improving physical processes in their manufacturing facilities um, to make sure that the finished product was uh, better quality so that when patients were being injected with vaccines or using needles and syringes, they weren't going to get sick, basically. Yeah. Um, so that's where everything started off. And I, I did that for about six years. And then I had this brilliant idea um, well, not only my brilliant idea, but my a friend of mine and I decided to go into business together. Um, <laughs> always seems like a good idea at the time. And so I went from microbiology into a veterinary practice. So we started up a veterinary practice just for cats. <laughs> and, <laughs> just for cats, very important. Um, and my friend did all the clinical stuff. So she she was the vet and I did everything else behind the scenes and also in the forefront of what a lot of business owners would do when they're first starting out. So I was wearing that, you know, multi-hat multi um, uh, situation where I was doing uh, all of the marketing, all of the sales, um, front of house a lot of the time. Um, you know, eventually when we could recruit people, I was doing the HR stuff, doing all the finance. Um, so everything else to essentially run that business. Um, and I guess a, a pivotal part in my story is that I'll never forget one Sunday afternoon, which was one of many Sunday afternoons <laughs> where I was doing a VAT return that was due the next day, but I was leaving it until the last minute because I never really had enough time. Um, and I think I, I must have worked, um, you know, seven, six or seven days that week, 10 to 12 hours a day. Um, and I was flat out exhausted. And I was just thinking to myself, I never have enough time. I'm doing stuff at nine o'clock on a Sunday. It's all at the last minute. And surely there has got to be a better way to do stuff that is not requiring me to be sitting here and uh, manually entering information um, all the time. Um, and that was, it was kind of like an epiphany moment. Uh, I'm not exaggerating that it's actually the reality of how it was. Um, and I mean, at that point, I knew that we had all these systems in the business, um, like many other small businesses do. Um, a lot of it was kind of industry specific, but we had tools in the business like MailChimp and uh, we were using social media, but nothing was connected. I was yeah. doing everything manually. Um, and that's where I, you know, having been on forums with other business owners um, and at a time, so that was um, say something like 2012, 
where uh, automation tools weren't really that readily available on the market. Mm -hmm. um, so Zapier was in its early years, um, but people had recommended it and I thought I'd try it out. And eventually when it was time for me to, to move on to bigger and better things, I would say, <laughs> and leave that business, um, I had already kind of harnessed how to use Zapier and um, essentially thought, okay, well, if I can do this for my own business and I know how to run businesses and I'm a process person, really, that's, you know, I'm a problem solver and um, systems and processes are really what my mindset is about. I thought, well, I can do this for other people and uh, well, other businesses specifically. And um, when I left that business, I thought, okay, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to go into businesses uh, premises all the time. I want to do this if I can a hundred percent remotely so that I can um, work remotely, be at home when I want to be at home, travel when I want to travel. Um, and that was kind of when I thought, okay, well, I've got to start looking into all of this. Um, and before that, I didn't even know that remote work was, well, it wasn't, um, yeah. people were doing it, but it wasn't really a, a trend, I guess. I didn't even know what a virtual assistant was at that point. Um, but with some time and investigation and trying to d develop the lifestyle that I wanted, I started working remotely you know, started picking up some VA work, but mainly around um, systems and processes. And um, yeah, and that's, it's kind of gone from there. So like five years down the line, um, I now work with all kinds of businesses uh, from different industries all over the world. I work completely remotely unless people really, really want me to go in. I mean, obviously that's different in lockdown, isn't it? Yeah. But um, that's how it was. And I'm very proud to say that I'm one of the only women on the Zapier Experts directory. Wow. Yeah. Ray for women. Yeah. <laughs> Yay for women. Yay for women. So, Joe, have you got any questions to kick off with? I bet you must have. I, I think it's process. really, really interesting. I love Zapier. I or Zapier. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Um, I use it a lot. Um, I'm a, a because I use a lot of the three six five products. I've been experimenting with Power Automate, which yeah. automates that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I, I just love, I didn't even know Zapier had a, a certified or expert directory. I've never even looked for that before, but I'm going to now. So I what think it's very to, exciting. Yeah. What do you have to do to become a, a Zapier expert on, and be listed by them? Oh, gosh, you have to go through all kinds of tests and um, you have to be one of the prerequisites is you have to have a certain type of um, plan that you're using um and yeah you it's like a certification program that yeah. you have to go through and they've actually just overhauled the whole thing so um we all had to do a lot um i think in the the during last quarter to keep ourselves on the directory so i think they've they've cut um 
I'd say probably 75% of the people that were on oh, there wow. um, mm-hmm. because they wanted to put in reviews. So now um, we have the ability, depending on which kind of level of Zapier expert you are, um, because there's an, a normal level and there's a premier premier level as well, um, you get um, access to leads. So they filter leads through to you um, and um, you, ha- you get access to um, a review platform. So your customers, existing customers and people who you've got through their lead system can go and put a review on, on the website. Um, yeah, it's, 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 and they rank you. So, you know, you can see a, a filter by location and ratings and um, specialities. So, yeah, so it's really quite good. They've, done, they've put a lot of effort into changing it. Yeah, that sounds incredible. That, that really does sound incredible because then, I mean, I've, I've, I've dabbled with it. I mean, I've got a couple of zaps that do a couple of things, but nothing really meaty. Um, but I can, I can definitely see that if I sat down and decided that I was going to do a lot more automating and I decided that that was the platform I was going to use, I would be looking for somebody to do it for me because the log- it's a logic. It's a, pro- it's a process, isn't it? Yeah. And sometimes don't understand the terminology. Um, you know, what, what, which button, which one do I need <laughs> yeah. to make it do that? You know, and I, I'm a techie person and even, you know, yeah. sometimes just don't get the logic. So, so, so definitely, I, th- I think that's, that's great. So what sort of processes are, are most frequently automated? Oh, gosh. I mean, um, it, it, generally, you can automate every process within your business as long as, um, well, using the example of Zapier, um, as long as Zapier has an integration with XYZ tools that you have within your business, mm-hmm. or if it doesn't, if you have access to webhooks or somebody who uh, knows how to dabble around with their API, if they have an open API, mm-hmm. um, you can automate you know, 100% of your processes if, oh, if, yeah. if you had the opportunity to do yeah. so. And that's going from, you know, all the way from marketing, sales, anything in your operations, your finance, your reporting, you can you can automate all of it. Yeah. Um, and so what processes are most commonly automated? Well, I guess that would just depend on the business. Right. Mm. Okay. And the priorities. So I guess whatever their biggest pain points are, most people <laughs> would automate first. Yeah, my, my the way I use it at the moment, or I think I've, I actually had just switched it off because it was duplicating, was I was uh, automating my learning management system into active campaign. Um, but then the learning management system actually has an automation that has an integration now with active campaign. Yeah. So I didn't need it was duplicating and it was it was just made everything very messy because it was two different things doing the same thing mm. in a different way. And it, it got, I just switched off. But that can uh, happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you need a specific um, brain, don't you, to to work out what it is that you want to achieve as well. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure if I would agree with that totally, because I think for any business owner, they, the, the business owners themselves and individuals that work in the business are going to know their their processes better yeah. than anybody. If they do them every single day, um, they're going to know what things work in the process, where the holds are, what things are maybe being repeated. Um, Like, you know, you just mentioned about these two pieces of software that are communicating in different ways. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think you need a, um, a, a process brain essentially. You just need logical thinking to know, okay, well, these are the steps that I go through in my, my process. These are the things that I can cut out because they're irrelevant or um, I don't need, really need them. Um, and then in terms of learning how to automate those processes, I think these the the beauty of tools like Zapier and Microsoft Power Automate and Integromat and Automate.io, all of these um, tools are that they're no code. So yeah. you don't need to be a developer or um, a programmer to learn how to, to use them. So, you know, sometimes there is a little bit of a learning curve, but if you're doing it regularly um, and taking the time, it's like, it's like anything, isn't it, that, you know, um, you invest a little bit of time in trying to learn how to do something. Um, yeah, the benefits are, are massive as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. And, you know, years ago, pre-Zapier days, we used to use um, in the project management world something called middleware, which would do exactly the same thing as Zapier, which would connect these big commercial um, databases like Oracle and SAP with other internal systems because there was no natural link. It, and it, it just speeds up your business. But I don't know whether you'd agree, Kelly, there are times when automation is not the solution. And that's when you need to do that kind of nurturing um, relationship building because automation doesn't replace that, does it? Um, so, so when you, you're talking about like the one on one with people, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I do agree, um, partly, yeah. um, that definitely anything that should have a human doing that particular thing should yeah. definitely should never yeah. be replaced by automation. But I think what, um, some businesses say, you know, perhaps if they, they have a little bit of resistance from, uh, themselves internally, the fear yeah. about putting in place new technology because you think, oh my God, well, what, what if it goes wrong or um, what if it doesn't do the things that I want it to do? Is, am I going to lose control? Um, but I think one big thing in terms of them being able to engage their staff in um, trying to put in place or, or embrace automation is um, that they're not going to lose their jobs over automation. Automation is one of those things that helps you to eliminate all of that repetitive drudge. and yeah, all the drudge that you think, oh my God, I can't deal with this again today because I've got to do this over and over and over yeah. and it's just killing me. Um, that's more time spent engaging with customers, yeah, bringing revenue into the business. Yeah. Um, and for the business owner, their, their staff being better, more engaged in the, in the jobs that they're doing. So they've got to spend less money on recruiting because yeah. essentially they've got staff that want to do the jobs that they're there to do. And, you know, they're not doing all of the manual and repetitive yeah. things. So, so it yeah. makes me think a bit, your description, that makes me think a bit about the, the argument for outsourcing um, as a business owner, I'm a small business owner, outsourcing the drudge work to a VA, um, yeah. the stuff that I don't want to do, I outsource to a VA. And then that's kind of like the next step. So the VA who can then automate it or make it work better. Either. Absolutely. And I think that there is a big, 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 big gap in the market for 
VAs who have that systems process improvement and yeah. automation mindset because ultimately a VA is like the one per the first person that the, the business owner will go to to say oh I want to do this how do I do it yeah um and if that VA is able to then say okay well you know what you can spend this amount of money on me putting all of these things in place yeah. for you and these are going to be the time savings and the the um return on investment that you're going to bring in because of all of this stuff that I can put in place for you. Um, and I, I don't think that VA should think, okay, well, I'm doing myself out of business by putting those things in place. I think you're giving far more value to a business owner. Um, mm. And there's also then the opportunity to be involved in the continuous improvement yeah. process yeah. because it's not a stagnant situation is it businesses are always changing things change they want to grow and be agile and um yeah and i think that there are very many opportunities for vas to be embracing this kind of stuff yeah, yeah. i agree I, I totally agree with that because it it then you know it then means that as a business owner you you interact with your VA on a different level and he or she usually she but sometimes he becomes more of a partner in your business I don't mean a partner in shares and money and stuff but they become invested in your business in a different way and that that then frees you as the business owner up to be more creative and get more clients and then offload more stuff to that VA because it's kind of a self-perpetuating circle so I definitely definitely see that definitely see that so I think when we first uh, first talked about you coming on the podcast it, or, I actually came across you the first time I came across you was at Practically Perfect PA we both spoke yes. <laughs> at their technical conference I did a session on something or other I think it was Outlook last time uh, and you were talking about Zapier uh, I didn't I wasn't able to stay for your session because their conference is always on a Friday which is a really difficult day for me but um did I um, did I hear you right when we were talking that you have a course on it as well? Um, coming something up, something like that. Yes, yes, I have. A, I'm in the process of putting together a um, a course on Zapier, um, but it won't just be about Zapier. It will be about um, creative problem solving. Um, and process improvement, but you know, not not too much into to all of that. But you know, an mm. introductory um, uh, thing to to process improvement to to help you really understand processes, and not just necessarily yourself, um, but if you're working with businesses, how to understand your processes, simplify them, improve them, um, take out all the waste, and then essentially connect your tools and automate mm. well that sounds like it's going to be quite fun when, when do you yeah. think that might be ready or this how long is it be? I, I mean I personally create courses so it's very 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 naughty of me to ask you that question because I know <laughs> that you can't give a proper answer <laughs> well I'm hoping that it will be ready in the next three to four months wow. I hope yeah. Um, but I do have a course wait list. So, um, yeah, anybody who's interested can, you know, jump on the wait list and I will communicate with them when when it's ready to, to be launched. That's fantastic. And um, who do, what do you use for your email marketing? Which of which of the myriad automated systems do you use? Just like you, ActiveCampaign. 
Yeah, I, I like it. I yeah, like it. I'm a fan as well. I don't use it's it simple. fully. Yeah, I don't use it fully, but um, but that's more me than the system. Not not the software. That's that's me thinking about what I want it to do more than and then writing the stuff. It's writing all the writing the email sequences and all of that. It's so time consuming that the, the connecting it up bits is probably not so terrible, but the writing bit is the hard part. I think personally, anyway. Yeah, well, I'm I'm lucky enough to have um, uh, some lovely ladies that do that for me. They do all my uh, my content for me, which is which is oh. great because uh, I can focus on the things that I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I have help with some of my content, but not all of it. What about you, Joe? Oh, she's frozen. Are you there? Nope. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you're I'm there. Here. Yeah. <laughs> what about yeah, you? I, I, um, I. I I have to say for my sins, and I had this conversation this morning, I'm like a builder, right? A builder makes beautiful houses somewhere else, and then you go to their own house, and they've got a broken cupboard door and one thing and another. So um, I have accounts with MailerLite, MailChimp, ActiveCampaign, um, and, and various others, because I teach myself, I experiment, um, and I problem solve for clients with those systems, but I don't have my own list <laughs> at okay. all. Okay. And I don't, I, it, it's kind of, it's always been one of those things which I've had like on the list of to-dos and it just never comes up to the top of to-do list. So yeah, I'm, I just, I like to play with tools. One of my Friday night pleasures, right, is to find a new piece of software I've not used ever. And I have a glass of wine with my husband and I get on my laptop and I, I've got a spreadsheet with 20 rows of duff sample data and I just play with it and I experiment. So I know how to use various different tools and I know how to make them integrate with different things. And yeah, so I'm self-taught on a lot of systems, but then when it comes to my own newsletter list or whatever, then no, I just don't have anything sitting there. Yeah, but then maybe you just don't have a newsletter. And if, you, if you've yeah. not got a news, if you're not planning on doing one, then why would you? The only reason you'd have a list is because you want to sell them something, yeah. whatever, whatever, it, whatever it is that you're selling them. Yeah. Um, that's what you have a list for. And if you, if you're not doing that, then you probably don't have a list. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's just, you know, I, I totally get the concept because I, I do it for other people and I help other people and I talk about it with other people, especially around the GDPR and, and process elements of it. But no, I've never got round to doing it for myself. Um, which, well, I, I I reckon that if you don't need it, don't yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. The only reason that I have a list and I use Active Campaign is because, you know, I've got a course coming up. So yeah, you yeah. know, I yeah. probably wouldn't. I've only had the list probably about uh, six or eight months, and yeah. I, I I didn't have a need for it before really. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it has and, its benefits. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have, I've always had a newsletter. Um, before I had Tomorrow's VA, I had a face-to-face -face training company, and that was a way of keeping in touch with people who'd been on my courses and keeping myself in front of them, front keeping my services front of mind. Because training is uh, is a very transactional business. You know, they have you in to train them 
on Word. Mm. Uh, and then they might not need you to teach them PowerPoint for six months, eight months, a year, or, or if ever. So this is just a way of keeping in front of people mm. so that when they do have a need, I'm the person they think about. So, mm. uh, so that's kind of, so I've, al I've always had that, but for me, it's, it's always been an, a necessity really to have that. So, but I totally get that that, um, that that there are times where you just don't need it and I think that's true of anything if you don't need it just because just because Joe blogs down the road yeah doesn't mean you have to do it yeah no I totally agree totally agree so there, there might come a point where I, I think I need it and I then go out and do something about it but I, I'm really not in the market of doing something because somebody says you should it's not really you can wind yourself up in this business as a whether you're a, a small business owner whether you, you do kind of like the VA side of things whether you, you can just tie yourself in knots with should you know so um I decided that I should eliminate that word and and you know it's it's on the list if it becomes a priority then it'll move up the list but well you're well placed to implement it because you know what to do. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Kelly, have you got any advice for our VA listeners? Um, so if, if there are any VAs out there who are listening and, and are nodding their mm. heads vehemently and say, yes, 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 I got it. They are. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they are. So there's there's a couple of things that, that, you know, either they're thinking, I haven't got the foggiest idea how to do this. How do I find somebody to help me with that? Or what do I need to be thinking about mm. before I decide to go down that route? So have you got any top tips for our listeners? Um, so to go down the route of learning how to automate? Um, well, just generally, what do they need to be thinking of when they suddenly realize that there are things they could automate? Is there, is there kind of a process of thinking if we talk yeah, about process? Yeah, totally. Okay, so I would say um, whether or not you are, I think, starting with your, with your own business before you even start thinking about doing it for other, for your clients potentially, um, the first thing that I would say before you even start thinking about automating stuff is trying to um, understand how your processes work. So having a really good picture of what is going on with your different processes. But to start off with, what I would do is make a top five list of your biggest pain points, biggest process pain points, the most time consuming processes that, that you have in the business. So the top five um, out of the top five, then choose one to start working with. Um, first step would be try and understand that process. I don't think you have to necessarily go into mapping out the process visually and using flowcharts. And we, I think you just don't focus on the granular details of it, just whether or not it's like a step-by-step -step process that you're doing, whatever works for you. If you're a visual person, draw it out on a whiteboard. If you're, um, you know, a step-by-step checklist person just make a checklist whatever is easier for you so that you're not overwhelming yourself um, and then once you've done that try and identify all the things in the process that you think are completely unnecessary because I guarantee you there will be little things that are in there that you think oh well why am I doing this and if you're working with somebody so if you've got another VA that you're working with or a, a team of VAs get everybody involved in that 
process to understand how you're all doing things because you might find that one person is doing things in one way and you want to try and standardize that mm. um, and once you've done that once you've um, streamlined that process number one uh, taken out the bits that are totally unnecessary um, the next step is to start thinking about okay how with all of these things that I've got um, in place on my checklist what tools am I using to accomplish this? And am I duplicating it anywhere? So am I using one tool that I could actually be using um, something else potentially within the business? So rather than, I think uh, people get into this hole of thinking, oh, okay, I've got this other thing that I need to do. I've got to find another tool to do it. Mm, yeah. Think of what you have in your business. Make a list of all the tools that you've got, what you're using them for, because some people use tools, certain tools for things that they're not technically designed for, but that's okay. You know, thinking out of the box is great, especially when it comes to problem solving. Um, so make your list of all of your, your tools, connect those tools into that list. So try and understand what things you're doing with what tool. Um, and then the next part of it would be try and identify what you can connect together natively so if we're talking about um um shelly earlier you were, you were saying about um your um my learning management system and active learning management doing system. the same thing yeah exactly so try and first look at native integrations that you can you you know you, software companies have um put lots of money into developing integrations with different software tools um, tried and tested, go down that route first before you start looking at trying to connect it with something else. So try and integrate your tools first, connect them, get everything working as where you can. And then the next step would be try and automate whatever you can using a connector tool like Zapier or Microsoft Power Automate or, mm. um, you know, whatever else, because that really will then ultimately connect the dots for you. And then the last thing is make sure that you go back and review everything regularly. So continuous improvement mindset to, you know, think about um, just making sure that you're changing things as they change and, and keeping yeah. on top of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need a, I need a new process for my book writing and my course creation. So for example, um, teams have at Microsoft Ignite last week or the week before, but you know, time is a bit of a blur at the moment. Microsoft have announced a slew of new things for teams. And I released oh. a book about teams just before Christmas. It's already had one appendix. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It's already had one appendix because breakout rooms weren't there when I released the book. Uh, and now I can see that I've got a whole new appendix of new systems and processes for that to write about. And uh, so you're absolutely right. You have to go back and review all the time. Totally, totally, totally. Kelly, it's been fascinating. Joe, have you got any I'm, I'm looking up there because you're top left on my screen, but my camera's <laughs> right. So watching this on YouTube, I'm sorry if we're pointing the wrong way. So, Joe, have you got any final questions or comments? I, I, I just totally get, I, I think it's um, really interesting what you say about there being a, you know, a real gap. Um, it, it's 
you really speak to my mindset with the whole process and automation thing. So yeah, that's really, really interesting. Really, really interesting. And, and definitely something that would be interested in, in looking at with you in, in, in your course. So I shall go and sign up for the wait list for that, I think. Great, great. Well, you know, I, I think these tools, Zapier is, uh, is easy to, to learn. I think when you want to when you want to start automating your processes, just dive in and try it out. And there are lots of little videos and tips and and things for you to get started with. Um, but when you want to start doing some really cool stuff with Zapier, that's when you need my course. Hey, that sounds good. Well, listeners, we will put all the details on the web page that goes along with today's episode. So you'll be able to go and um, and sign up, go find Kelly's website and sign up and do whatever you need to do to get the info you need. So once again, thank you ever so much, Kelly, for being with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you. For, thank you again. Thank you for having me, guys. It was really good. Loved it. Welcome back, listeners. I thought Kelly was just fascinating, didn't you, Joe? Yes, she really talks my kind of um, language with processes and automation. It's um, it, it's a really easy, quick way to just speed things up in your business. So I like it a lot. Yeah. So what sort of things do you speed up? So I have rules in Outlook um, that filter things into different folders for depending on criteria actioning I use quick steps quite a lot in Outlook um, I also use I've got a couple of zaps running that sort of in take the data from my CRM system into um, my Outlook system when I want to to do different things there um, not as much as I probably could do if I sat down and analysed it a bit more, if I'm totally honest, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, you talked there about, about rules. So there are different sorts of rules. There are, there are some basic rules in Outlook, and um, you can go into the Outlook rules area and um, set up some basic rules. So a very, very simple rule is to move something. When it hits your inbox, you move it to a folder, and then it goes it bypasses your inbox and it goes straight into that folder. And then you just need to keep an eye on your folder list and see which folders have got blue numbers next to them so that you know where you've got unread messages. But you can make rules do far more sophisticated things. You could make them send an email message to a folder and flag it, for example, or and categorize it, for example. Mm -hmm. So I worked with one company who had a bespoke CRM, a bespoke, um, I don't know if, it was a C, if you'd call it a CRM system, I suppose it was, but it, it was how they tracked all of their internal stuff so all their documents and there were property company leases and everything so they did all their filing through this system and it integrated with outlook so when an out an email came in it was categorized as lease or whatever had no yep. property type thing it was and then it automatically got filed in the right place so rules can be quite sophisticated and, and you can have lots of lots of segments to them and make them do lots and lots of different things and you can have exceptions so for example I was teaching rules once I love this example it's my favorite example um, in a wine company 
and um, I had a whole load of people on the course. It was when you could do face-to-face training. Oh, gosh, do you remember <laughs> those days? <laughs> oh, yeah, I had a group of, I don't know, eight people, eight people, I think. And we were talking about rules and we were setting up a rule. So they were using their own copy of Outlook in the session. So we set up a rule for them to forward the menu. So they had a staff canteen and each morning they would receive the menu from the canteen so the idea was that that menu would go into a folder called menu or something like that Mm -hmm. so that it wasn't clogging things up and this girl said well I never want to read that menu unless they've got chicken nuggets on the menu if chicken nuggets is on the menu I want to go for lunch which had everybody in fits because you know chicken nuggets it's about it's like kids but that's what she wanted so we set up a rule that said anything that comes with the word menu in it delete it unless it has the word chicken nuggets in it in which case it goes in that folder so that's that's what we did so she was one happy bunny because she always knew when there was chicken nuggets and everything else got deleted (laughs) so could it read off the menu or would that have to be in the subject line no you can have it in the body you can have in the subject line in the header or in the body of a message so you can actually get outlook to find words in the body so for example i have a rule for newsletters it's the one rule i teach everybody to set up um, because we all subscribe to lots of newsletters and we start to get overwhelmed with our inboxes looking full up actually that's a whole other topic because Mm. i've actually stopped filing my email to a certain extent because search is so good i almost feel like i don't need to spend half an hour every other day putting things into folders because i can find it wherever it lives and I could just file I could just file the whole lot at the end of a week or at the end of a month but um but that's a different topic so um so I have this newsletter rule so when any when somebody a reputable company sends you a newsletter it will have the word newsletter in it somewhere so it'll be in the header or the footer or in the unsubscribe So unsubscribe from this newsletter will be somewhere in there. So I have um, a rule that said if when this look message arrives in my inbox, if it has the word unsubscribe in the header, body or footer. So it's three sections Mm. to the rule um, or if it has the word newsletter. So it looks for both either of those words, then it moves it to the newsletter folder and then you know, or in my case, news folder. And then every day, once a day, I can go and look at that folder and see if there's anything of interest. And it's not sitting there in my inbox. But that would be set up, set yourself up a newsletter rule. Yeah. Um, unless you do the other thing, which is use a different email address for all your newsletters, which is also a, a sensible thing to do. Yeah. Um, have an email address that is just for your newsletter subscriptions. But I have one. Of- I have one called newsletters because I'm a devil for signing up for stuff. But um, I do like the comment you made about no longer filing. I don't either. I just have uh, one folder called completed and I use a quick step. So I right click, go to quick steps and I've got a quick step called done. And I click on that and it takes the email, puts in this completed folder and it's it's out of my active inbox. But I can then search for it if I want to 
pull it back up again. Yeah, I have quick. There are quick steps. I have quick steps for filing. So you can set up a quick step for a one click filing system. But you can also set them up to do some more sophisticated things like um, create a meeting request for you. So you could file it and reply to a message and create a meeting request. So it does two different things. So there is the reply with meeting button on your ribbon. I don't know if you've come across that one, Joe. I'm not sure. No, I haven't, before. but I'm going to look for it. So when you receive an email into your inbox, one of the buttons, it's in the respond group and it probably is minute because yeah. unless you've got a massive monitor, it's not going to be big. It's the top right. So you've got reply, reply, all and forward I'm looking at my screen over there and yep. then you've got three little icons one one underneath the other and the top one is reply with meeting what that does is it is when you reply to the email you've just received it sets up a meeting request so you don't have to reply and then set up a meeting request so yeah. that's one way of that's one of my favorite automating processes within Outlook and the other is sending a copy of my calendar so again you can reply to a meeting and insert a copy of your calendar to that to tell somebody when you're free and that means you're not doing that taking a post-it note looking at your calendar yeah. writing down all the dates then putting them in an email um, yeah. this way you're just sending them the calendar and they only see busy or free they don't see what you're doing they yeah. can't book with you but at least they know when you're free yeah. Of course, you could reply and send a link to your online bookings calendar. That is another yeah. way of doing it as well. Yeah. So I think that's enough automation for now. Yeah. That's, but there's lots of great tips there for people to, you know, just speed up what can be a really onerous task managing yeah. your inbox. Yeah. Well, I have two courses, listeners. I'm going to plug my stuff because I haven't done it for a while. I have a couple of Outlook courses. I've got one uh, Outlook email, take back control of your inbox, Outlook email for Windows. Uh, and there's one for the Mac as well. So there's Outlook for Windows and Outlook for Mac. Not all the things that are available in Outlook for Windows are available on the Mac. So quick steps are not available on the Mac. They don't yet exist. Ooh. I'm hoping that one day they bring them in. Um, but then there's a whole set of other kind of rules in uh, Outlook on the web. You have something called sweep, um, which allows you to sweep your email <laughs> into different places. And I've not, to be quite honest, I've not quite got the hang of that one. Um, but, um, you know, it, it doesn't speak to me. I much prefer the old fashioned terminology. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, I'm an old fashioned gal. What can I say? <laughs> I have um, to say I don't use Outlook on the web at all I, I, because I've got it as an app on the, the desktop. So well, I, I, I do didn't use even it. know you could do sweep. <laughs> yeah, no, I do use it on the web occasionally. Uh, and actually, it's really nice on the web. Um, it is very nice. And, and Office 365 is, is moving far more web based. And I can see a time in the not too well, hopefully slightly distant future where um, I don't think it'll ever quite go the way of Google Apps, where it'll be only online, but all the good stuff, um, a lot of it will, will come, move to will online. Move online. Although you do need a, a reason, you, you then got to be reliant on a, on a really good broadband connection. So I don't think that the desktop will be phased out. Mm. I just think there will be more functionality, especially in the era of remote working, where so many people are, are working yeah. not in their office premises they may not have an office laptop so they might be working in the browser because mm. that's the way they access their work stuff via their yeah. office 365 login in the browser um, and to be honest you can work quite happily in the browser like that um, and I have a, on occasion it's just just as easy so there's there's lots of options but I think 
we should let our listeners get back to their day today yes and um once again thank you for listening and we would love to hear from you please tell us what you're enjoying give us a rating on apple itunes it really helps we've been going for almost a year now and joe and i could never have thought that it would have been as successful as it has been so far and we really want to continue so do get in touch and let us know who you would like us to interview next and whether you'd like to be a guest because we love hearing our listeners stories And with that, we're going to love you and leave you. And we'll see you next week. You have been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We will be back with you again next week with yet another amazing episode. See you then.